What's up, Wheelbyte listeners? Welcome back to another episode. This week, we are covering trends within the skateboarding world. We tried to cover as much as possible from style, videos, trick selection, uh, you name it. We tried to cover it this week. If we didn't cover a trend that you hated or loved please hit us up on our social medias and let us know what you thought enjoy the episode peace welcome to san francisco don't skate here i feel like i feel like it's dangling by a fucking strain of bone marrow east coast powerhouse from the new york i you I'll take out the Denny Hunter and slide that 75-foot handrail. I especially like the flip of the board. Hello out there, friends of Spaceship Earth. Welcome to another episode of Wheelbite. I am host one of two, Ted Theodore Mater. Today... We are going to be talking about trends, the trendiest of the trends, but I'm going to let my man Jay kick it off because I know he's itching to talk about fucking white fitted tees or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> and then we'll come back to me in a minute. Jay Green here. Um, we're going to start off like always with a couple not so favorites and a couple of favorites of some of the trends throughout the years in the skateboarding world and we're going to we're going to try and hopefully cover as much as possible in everything having to do with trends meaning your fucking gear how you skate the music and skate videos how photographers and videographers are capturing skateboarding video style etc cetera, etc cetera. um so for me uh my least favorite and some of my favorites i'm gonna try and get through this quick i feel like i always have a really long list when i start so whatever get used to it um uh one of my least favorites was the heath kirchhart white fit that all white painter fit that like kind of came back recently in the last couple of years and heath you know, he's kind of a eccentric guy in his own kind of like quiet way. I don't know where the, his white fit came from, but he was known for it. And the last couple of years, like Austin Gillette and like dudes like that, like very stylish fashion forward dudes were skating in it. And then every fucking little Grom everywhere had an all white pair of Dickies and just an all white fit. And it, it really bothered me a lot. I blame ESPN, actually. They had some documentary where Jake Rosenberg was on there, and he said something like, when Heath gets in like the all-white gear, and he like <laughs> painted it out to be this big epic thing, and after that, it just sort of became... It's also like... Way normal. Like, dude, you're fucking gonna get dirty as fuck. I think that's the point. I know. <laughs> I guess. Whatever. All right, moving on. Pressure flips. Never been a fan of pressure flips. There was a huge era where pressure flips and that kind of tech skating took over. I guess like the vert craze was transitioning out. 
and I've never liked the way they look and they never entertained me. I never liked really like watching footage where that was the majority of what was happening. I just never, never, never liked them. Uh, and (laughs) of course you do. Uh, and something that's really been, uh, super trendy lately is this, I don't know, what would you call it? This is kind of more your thing. Just like the VHS old style, like almost home camcorder style of video. Yeah, they that's put, they either film out. on old cameras or like they'll put effects on them to I think make usually, it it's look mostly old. effects. Like they're filming with decent cameras, but they're like just fucking with it. Oh and, well, like the something like the Palace video, I wouldn't be surprised if they were filming on like a beat up VX or something. Really? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they Dude, were. Dude, see, that's the funny thing is Palace is like has some of the rawest fucking footage and skaters coming out. And they're like a very well-respected, like fucking streetwear brand at that. And I, it bothered me as like, fuck man, I was really anticipating that. And I just, I don't like it. And I think like Supreme did some, like had like a couple edits that were like that too. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, What do you like about skateboarding, Jeremy? (laughs) Let's go to that side, Uh, which is funny. We'll go right into this because it's kind of a lot of the same in uh, a lot of the same footage. And what we were just talking about is like the long lens stuff, like Bill Strobeck is shooting like a lot of long lens. And I love that. I always loved um, how a filmer would sk- uh, capture a run in one spot so the camera is just, you're not rolling with the skater, essentially. Great example of that uh, in Eastern Exposure 3. They're, I think they're following Huff at the Brooklyn Banks, but it's just going for days, and mm-hmm. you see him just go all the way down. and It's, it's not easy to film like that either. No, no, not at all, because, you know, there's so many factors like going out of focus and... You know, it gets kind of hard to maintain like a steady hand when you are zoomed in that fucking close. So, yeah, I totally, totally feel it there. To go into a little bit of the stylistic part, one of my favorite trends, which actually was, I feel like wasn't even that long lived, was the swishy pants, sweatpants era. The like Philly, New York kind of, and then like it was the coastal, coastal cruise of like, love and fucking frisco and pier seven and the dudes like that like totally switched into this like urban athletic kind of style and i still rock my preferred pant to skate in is still sweatpants to this very day you and just about everybody we hang out with (laughs) yeah uh and last trend i loved i've been thinking about this one uh, a lot lately are video magazines. I fucking loved that little sweet spot of video magazines where it was like basically all the footage coming out, not all of it, but like a lot of it, the best stuff was 411 openers and controlled chaos and stuff like that. Like I'm such a nerd for that stuff. I loved that, that like media trend in that little era. I still love buying 411s online because you can usually find them on eBay or Amazon for relatively decent prices as far as like skate videos on the internet go. But 
half the time you don't really know what you're getting. I mean, granted, you could look it up, but I don't want to do that. I just fucking love it when one shows up and I'm like, I wonder what the fuck is on here. And next thing I know, oh, it's so like you don't even know what's on it. When no, I just I'm like, oh, I don't uh, have that one and I'll buy it. And that's fucking tight. Like then all of a sudden I have fucking Chad Muska telling me about his fucking <laughs> keyboard and his camo backpack. And it's priceless. <laughs> Dude, admittedly or honestly, like some of them were hard to keep your attention because oh no, was, some of them definitely there was so much like non skateboarding, but it's kind of like the funky like charm of it. Oh, I know, because and I liked all the weird celebrity cameos that would happen. The first four one one I ever saw had fucking Topanga from Boy Meets World in it, and this was. Like, the weird like intros yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and i mean this was the era where i came home from school and i probably either like skated or watched boy meets world on the fucking disney channel so i was like what the fuck is topanga doing here she can't know about skateboarding yeah she's not that cool she's kind of a goody goody and then you know she's a fictional character so but anyways i guess i should say the things that like i can't stand and love but i'll start with what i love first because i want to keep it positive in the beginning some hippie nonsense there so one of the trends i fucking love that is already always controversial and i love watching jay squirm when i talk about it is fucking dork tricks of all kinds i love the body burials i love the dolphin flips i love the fucking casper flips i love fucking dark slides i love it all i say skateboarding is your own and you can do whatever the fuck you want with it and when i see people doing weird ass shit that is uncommon you know i'm always stoked because i grew up loving like the gons and rodney mullen and dudes who just like really brought this fucking creative spirit to skating and the way that they approached everything and kind of looked at things unconventionally and i love that spirit of skating so darrell stanton and his fucking dolphin flips are okay with me i'm gonna let you finish <laughs> but we're gonna come back to that <laughs> thanks kanye um then another trend i loved was uh back in the 90s this happened a lot there was a lot of film that was like sort of oddly exposed causing all sorts of weird effects in the photography within mags daniel harold stirt was great at really developing his film in an interesting way so that his images had a very distinct quality to them and obviously the same with someone like spike jones and grant Britton and the way that they were developing these photos was really interesting and honestly provokes a certain feeling in me whenever I like look at a photo that's exposed like that. And I don't know. It just brings me to a very weird and strange place mentally, but like in a way that causes me to think deeply about skating and photography and art and shit. Um, and then the other trend I loved growing up and even within my little world of experience i try to stick by it but yo fast montages cut to fucking punk rock and metal songs <laughs> i don't give a fuck those early zero videos and welcome to hell and some of those baker videos like all the fucking hard heavy screamy music like 
cut to like fast paced shits of well, like I love, blood. Yeah. I love the quick cuts. Yeah. Oh. Quick, oh man, I love the quick cuts. Like all the blood and the fucking like pouring beer everywhere and bales. There isn't, there isn't a skater skating up to something for fucking 12 seconds before the trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just fucking like raw and like you get so much story and curiosity in a matter of like a minute and a half. Like perfect example, dude, Jim Greco's part in Misled Youth. He has a, a, the Black Flag song, Fix Me, and that song's only like 52 seconds. But that part was so rad. Like he has 52 seconds of fucking radness. There's not a second to waste in that video part, and it's fucking phenomenal to me, and it gets me so hyped. No, um, no filler. Yeah. They didn't, yeah. But now, shit, I... That's that shit I don't like. Well, really not down with this current trend of all of you fuckers out there using trap music on every little edit you put out. Like, yo, those rappers are not going to have lasting careers that we discuss long into the future. They All those Instagram videos that are edited to shitty trap music are all edited the same also i know it's just just the song it's the way it's edited too it drives me insane i don't like those fucking trap beats and that fucking lifestyle and i'm just i don't understand it but maybe because i'm a fucking crusty old man who likes black flag so who knows but i just i can't get behind that shit no matter how hard you try to convince me that it's cool i will never never enjoy it and then I'm really over these like floral designer shirts that everyone has been into for a hot minute. I kind of thought that trend would die when Odd Future's popularity started to dwindle, but somehow it hasn't. It's on its way out. Yeah, but I still see it everywhere, and I just fucking, I don't get it. You're not on a cruise enjoying a daiquiri and listening to Jimmy Buffett. Like, you're fucking skating. Like, what happened to a fucking classic cool green fucking birdhouse t-shirt? Like, straightforward. Oh, and Jinkos. You'd have to be wearing Jinkos if you were wearing one of those 90s birdhouse tees. Ted hates rap music and style. That's so not true at all. Not true, not true, (laughs) not true. I tell people every night when they're leaving my job to listen to Wu-Tang. So, you know what? You know, we, we have our fucking likes and dislikes of trends, whatever, but we have only been, like, skating for so long, and every generation and era has had trends that just didn't seem fathomable like especially when you look back now and you're like wow that was fucking cool back then like or that was a big deal yeah i mean back in the 80s when skateboarding was becoming a big marketing commodity there was very much a series of trends that went with it that by today's standards are they're not lame necessarily but it's like you don't quite understand how that was the coolest thing in the world at the time especially if you're young like you don't get it i mean we're kind of at that in-between age where we can understand how certain trends in the 80s or the early 90s were cool because we were being told that that shit was important skateboarding is like the dopest body that you know, the coolest things, the coolest and the most uncool things get taken and left at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there's still trends in skateboarding and fashion and 
just the world for that matter that came from some of the original trends so fucking venice beach dogtown vans surfer kind of look i think that was the first big trend because that's how all skating at the time seemed to be marketed especially on that like platform of movies that were coming out in Mm -hmm. the 80s that either had skateboarding radical skater well like thrashing exactly yeah Gleaming the cube. But for, I mean, for me, Back to the Future was the, oh, the ultimate. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, let's get real. Marty McFly dropped two parts of bangers in that movie. Yeah. You know, he, he was banging Huey Lewis Dude, and then the theme song. Fucking Back to the Future really doesn't get enough credit for what it has done for skateboarding. I kind of agree. I think for our generation, it did a lot before any of us were even skaters. Like I wasn't a skater yet. I was a little kid and that like immediately made what it was one of the things that immediately made skateboarding just so dope. Oh, I definitely got my first skateboard ever as a little kid because I had seen back to the future. My parents found it at a yard sale and I had seen this movie a thousand times. We had it on a dubbed VHS tape and that scene in the beginning was my favorite thing to watch like every day i would just watch up until he traveled back to the 50s and then rewind Where it and watch it again yeah dude like just the fact that he was late for school and his because he's a fucking skater yeah because he's a fucking sl- you know he's a slacker he's a slacker <laughs> But he just hops on his board and like catches the fucking Jeep and yeah, it's so rad. You know, I I wanted that freedom and I think that was the appeal in a lot of those eighties movies with skating. You know, it well they knew what they were doing. Freedom, right? Well, they knew what they were doing. Also, by putting skateboarding in a movie, it was kind of you know one helping the other. I guess where skateboarding was on the cusp and they knew that if they could market that totally Mm -hmm. in a big motion picture like that. Yeah. But then, I mean, now skateboarding starts to kind of take on an underground kind of grittier, more DIY and street sensibility. Like throughout the eighties, you know, you only had a handful of teams and pros who were really doing it but it all kind of changed when h street put out these videos in the late 80s that were very much homemade you know it was just a camcorder and going out and shooting and that really was what kind of set the tone for the next i don't know fucking almost forever until like you know all these companies started getting millions of dollars and being able to afford top-notch gear and i mean because it was dealing with this like more street mentality like this is obviously when street skating is taking over it's a no-brainer combination that the street skater who doesn't have access to like a big vert park is going to be able to just grab a camcorder and go out and stack footage and that's where you see the biggest shift in skateboarding in the history of it i think that was probably the biggest trend shift that that like first that shocked the skateboarding world was the vert mania and then like you said skaters figured out that i don't know about figured out because it came from the street originally 
but they, you know, street street skating, the trend of street skating absolutely wiped vert out like almost completely. Yeah, and I mean, one of the big reasons behind that was cuz parks were starting to close left and right. Because at the time, skateboarding was a trend brought to you by all these movies and right. like this kind of media coverage with, you know, the big vert contest with like Christian Azoy and Tony Hawk just duking it out. But by the late 80s, early 90s, all those parks are starting to close. The streets became a necessity just to be able to skate. And mm-hmm. now, you know, you don't have someone like Stacy Peralta everywhere with his big fucking film camera doing these huge setup shots where you know it's done all beautifully and looks like a real movie or something and then enters probably one of the what people think of at least me or they think of the biggest trend or when you just say the word trend in skateboarding what comes to my mind small wheels big pants small wheels and blind jeans yeah massive blind jeans specifically blind jeans fucking blonde hair and charlie brown t-shirts it's like it's like and hair walks it's like hood rave yeah shit like that's the best way to describe it it's like kind of hood and it's kind of (laughs) rave shout out to embarco's most blunted (laughs) yeah totally setting the tone for the next few years man and i mean you had your exceptions at the time because there were still some dudes who were like these hesher rocker types but for the most part that's the that's what you think of in the 90s oh yeah absolutely all the biggest companies were like that it wasn't just their kits it wasn't just their style it was kind of what we touched on with the pressure flips and the style of skating too uh-huh. it's it's important to note that like that came with it also not only did their clothes start to change and become more urban and stuff like that but like the style of skating completely was just evolving so fast it's interesting to hear people talk about i think tim gavin actually on the nine club has a good couple little minutes about it where he was in that era and he just like being around people like henry he like couldn't fathom how fast skateboarding was moving and progressing with rodney and people like that Mm -hmm. that he felt like he just got left with the the pressure flip era you know like it started taking off so fast And I mean, the reason it was so a trend that got adapted so quickly is because, you know, in these videos, you're watching the top pros and they're just doing weird little pressure flips off of a curb. Right. Yeah. And there's this appeal to that where it's like, oh, well, I have a curb near my house. (laughs) You know, you hear I think it's Costin. Costin was asked about a part in that era. And he's just like oh my god dude i can barely watch the thing like it's it makes me cringe beyond just like the tricks that i'm doing are just like oh my god like oh but aside from the tricks like this hood rave shit played into like the videos and and musical choices too i mean when i when i think of the best soundtrack of that era, the one that was truly the game changer. I think of Plan B's Questionable. 
You know, that music was epic. Early Green Day, you had Souls of Mischief, you had the Beastie Boys, you had Ned's Atomic Dustbin, Bad Religion. Like, there was still this kind of holding on to the musical trends that skateboarding had had previously. Like, all those H Street videos and uh, some of those Powell videos all had a lot of punk rock and metal on the soundtrack. And now, all of a sudden, you start to see this shift, though, after Questionable, where, like, hip-hop becomes the most widely used music in skateboarding. All these Wu-Tang-based graphics. And, you know, you got to think, too, the 90s, especially that first, like, five or six years, had not just within hip-hop, but had so much different good music coming out, like, Perfect example, like, at the time, why the fuck aren't there any Nirvana songs in skate videos in the early 90s, where they were the band of all bands? Mm -hmm. You know, they're still going back to Led Zeppelin in some of these videos, but fucking Nirvana, the biggest band in the world, isn't in your video. They weren't even using Guns N' Roses, the other biggest band in the world, and they were fucking stealing songs from all sorts of big people, like... Black Sabbath and shit. So here's my question. Do you think that that takeover, that trend of raw hip-hop music came from the people who were leading the industry and the first people to put it out in videos? Did it come from just that that was kind of the golden era and hip-hop was that kind of hip-hop was taking off or, I think, or both? I think it also was a product of who the skater was and what their environment was. Cause you look at a lot of the dudes who from that era, when asked about some of the rap songs they chose for their part, they were adamant about its usage. Someone like Mike Carroll or Mike York, you know, mm -hmm. they have said in interviews that they were very much like, Oh, I really want to use this hip hop song. And Carroll, I think since like 1993 or something has chosen every song he's ever skated to. But I feel too that's what has the backlash later that I talked about at the beginning with like the fast punk songs and the mm -hmm. quick cuts because that hip hop was very much like a world industries. Uh, um, there was a good amount of the Eastern exposure stuff set to some good rap songs and that was what was dominating the industry. But then you have welcome to hell and the uh, thrill of it all come out and you have all this, now it's all punk and metal again, you know? How many videos during that era had only really, like, one kind of music, too? Like, oh, a Like, ton. a very, like, a Zoo York mixtape video, you know what I mean? Like, was, you know what kind of music's going to be in that, and it's not going to vary very much. And then, you know, when you start getting into, like, some of the years down the road with the Zero videos, you get my point here? Like, you can kind of... Absolutely. You know like, the kind of vibe that is going to be in that music. Right. And nowadays, that trend has kind of disappeared. You're liable to hear some ridiculous trap shit in one dude's part, and then, you know, fucking a Led Zeppelin song in the next dude's part. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that I feel like when that kind of was transforming that that was not happening at all well that's why i cite questionable as one of the bests and then i think the next best soundtrack after that is welcome to hell because they too had a pretty eclectic mix of the kind of music they had in that video the only thing they didn't really have was a fucking rap song mm -hmm. but they had all these great they had the misfits they had iron maiden sonic youth uh, Jefferson Airplane, you know, they were 
doing a lot of cool stuff in that soundtrack. And then I feel like it's because of the widespread knowledge of music on the internet that everyone mostly from our generation's taste is like oh i like everything except country or whatever fucking thing they don't like so therefore i feel like a lot of skate companies these days do tap into that and that is why you could get different songs for every part that kind of span all of skateboarding but honestly soundtracks these days rarely win me over the way they used to back when we were younger because we don't see them we see a part that's true. We see like a part. But that is one of the enjoyments I have of like watching any full length video. I agree. I totally agree. I'm not I'm not impressed these days with a lot of the music that goes into the videos or or a, a internet part or whatever it may be. I remember actually like discovering a lot of music. Yeah, absolutely. And that from video parts that I thought was super dope. I can't remember the last time I saw or I heard a song in a video or a part and I'm like, damn, like what is that or who is that? Uh for me it was the nine one seven video that came out last year. They did a really good job and they also were kinda all over the spectrum. They had some weird classic rock, fucking emo songs, like kind of lost eighties gems. They were all over the place, and they had that fucking banging knock hell Smith hip hop song. <laughs> How about we go into maybe a not so obvious, maybe one that people don't really maybe consider as a trend in the world of skateboarding, and that is lifestyle. The oh. lifestyle that comes with skateboarding. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Like people acting a certain way how do you spend your time outside of skateboarding Mm -hmm. you know and we all know that skateboarding has come from urban place and it came from the streets and a counterculture that has roots in rebellion and kind of the fuck you fuck the man kind of attitude which fostered a huge party lifestyle and that was kind of how I came into skate not came into skateboarding, but when I came but into that skateboarding, was, that I, was the trend at the time. But that's what attracted me, yeah. a, like a lot. Like I have to be honest, the party lifestyle and like wanting to get fucked up and be a skater and you know the girls and all this. Like I wanted that as almost at the time as much as I wanted to just ride my skateboard. And I never thought of it as a trend. I never saw it as a trend, but it totally was. Like, the piss drunks and, like, you could go down the list of people who were portraying that, not necessarily portraying it, but living that lifestyle. (coughs) But at the time, that was a total trend. You know it's a trend when you stop seeing it in videos because as fast as it had taken over all of the videos, it was... Like, I don't know, by the like late 2000s, after a lot of those people uh, probably sobered up. sobered up and dealt with a lot of their demons, uh, it became not the fashionable thing. And like these days, the big thing in skateboarding is like wellness. You uh-huh. know, you have all these skaters who have trainers or who yeah. uh, in their interviews talk about how they practice yoga regularly Absolutely. as well as they're, you know, they're vegan and they mm-hmm. have a diet, a very strict diet. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot. I actually, I'm really into it. I'm really supportive of this kind of shift that the OG dudes, Andrew Reynolds, 
a piss drunk is now invested in, I believe, a coconut water company, (laughs) villager or whatever it is that all those dudes are doing. Like, how funny is that? It's, it's great. It's awesome. You know what I mean? And like all these dudes are like vegan now and I support it and it's great, but I think it's funny and interesting how it's such follow the leader. Like we should all be taking better care of our bodies now as we age in skateboarding and as skateboarders and as our our forefathers have discovered that <laughs> you are not going to have a long career in skateboarding if you treat your body that way it's great to see that but like everyone just copying each other being vegan like you know like i think it's a really funny trend and a lot of you're seeing the the rebellion against uh the energy drink companies also which is why some of these dudes have started other companies but that was even a trend like 10 years ago like people getting sponsored by fucking red bull or monster i mean costin even said in an interview his biggest regret was not taking an energy drink sponsor yeah he's like because they pay big yeah that was a huge trend and we're starting to see that fade away a little bit a little bit they still they still got their hand in skateboarding big time. But I'm sure Brandon Beeble is still sponsored by an energy drink. I feel like he has to be. Really? That's right. Not Brandon Beeble. He wasn't he fucking I mean, dude, he drank the red Was line, he? you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, they're still shelling out a shit ton of money. But I think I don't know. Like I think some of those trends are like the most the not obvious trends because there's so many obvious trends that people pay attention to in skateboarding of just your clothes and the tricks and the music. I just think that coming up with this idea and concept for this episode, I thought that was kind of interesting to think about. I mean, yeah, because it is such a thing you see nowadays, especially when you have dudes like fucking Richie Jackson and shit ruling the scene who very much invest in these like alternative lifestyles Uh and everything. I mean, yeah, whatever. Skaters got to eat well and take care of themselves just like the next person. But it has definitely become... You got fucking Weed Maps is yeah. is sponsoring skaters. And when they put, take them on tour, it's like they have masseuse at the house and like all sorts of CBD products and like an organic chef for them. Like it's completely switched. Not to say that there aren't a whole lot of dudes still getting down out there. Yeah. There definitely are a lot of people still guzzling beer and still eating fucking Drake's cakes and Doritos and shit. Their diet just seems funnier rather than like something worth noting about their fucking whole personality. It's just like, Oh, that's, just what people eat who are on a budget but you know meanwhile you do have people fucking heavily advertising that they are on this alternative tip i wonder if any other skaters obviously the older skaters are starting to take notice so they've been around in the industry and in the game for long enough that they actually can see trends changing so that's why they're starting to invest in these other companies but you know, I think uh, like the younger generation, like I know I don't think I ever thought of it as a teenager. I just wanted to be like what I wanted to be like, what I saw in certain things. So I think at a certain time, you are blind to certain trends that are going on in skateboarding because you're wrapped up in them. Yeah, totally. They're part of your everyday thing and. 
it's just what's perceived as cool or normal at the time. So therefore, everybody does it. So that's my thing going back to the body burial is that's what I think is happening right now. I think all the youngsters who are making their trap Instagram edits with all their body burials in it, I think that they're still wrapped up in it and i don't even necessarily i question if they even know what they're wrapped up in so my whole thing with the body burial sex change just onslaught the last few years Mm -hmm. is not the trick it's the onslaught of it it's that everyone is just fucking copying that style of skateboarding i actually think the way some people do them are insane some of the rails that Foyev's done and then body burialed out of, like, if you can do it in a certain way, I just, like, it's hard for me to stay entertained when it's just a heavy, heavy onslaught. Like, it's so serious. I actually don't think I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is probably pressure flips maybe and this these the body burial thing has been the heaviest trick trend I have maybe ever seen in skateboarding. I get it because I've always thought it was such a fucking great little it's like surprise. Trick. Yeah, like you just throw it in there. Uh, one of my favorite tricks I ever saw as a kid, this shop video I had from Jersey. There's a skate park montage and a guy does a like on a box, does a 50-50 and then does a body burial in the middle of the grind. And as a kid, I thought that was the fucking raddest thing I'd ever seen. It just blew my mind. But this was also around the time that things like sex changes and shit were going out of style. You just didn't see them. I can remember a lot of kids growing up in my town did sex changes because they were just an easy thing to like throw out there for them. And I always thought that was a good fucking wild card trick. But now you're right. The body burial thing is a fucking onslaught. It is insane. I still support it because I think it's tight and like, great. If you want to throw a body burial in to just surprise people like that, by all means, do it. But it's also cool if things are used sparingly and not excessively. So I would legitimately be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed at this point to like to put that in something i think that it is beaten to death completely and i'm gonna predict that it's gonna disappear soon and it's gonna be one of those things in five ten years where people look back and they're just like oh my god Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, but then I'm you'll have cringing. someone then you'll have someone do one like at the most unfathomable place and it'll like uh, fucking bring know, it all man. back. Pressure flips never came back. <laughs> Not true. What? They show up sometimes. They show up, but like as far as like a trend like re- coming back, like I think that that was left oh, in no. the past for a good reason. I don't think it'll ever be a trend again, but you'll still sell p- You'll see you will still see people yeah. pull it out. Of course. That's but that's the beauty of skateboarding is that everyone gets to make their <laughs> own decisions when it comes to tricks, you know? But no, I just don't think people see it happening until I don't know. I mean, now you have the internet, so people are hating on your shit right. all day. But yeah. back in the day, it used to be when like magazines deemed something uncool or whatever, you know. Trends start because they become accessible to everyone that's a good thing to think about like now with the internet and where skateboarding came from uh, with the lack of media just not the resources right like how does a trend start how does it end for young kids 
back in the day, they'd see stuff in the mags. And like, again, this goes back to that idea I said earlier, when you'd see people doing pressure flips off of curbs and shit, it's like, oh, I have a curb near my house. So you'd see a photo of someone maybe grinding a curb or doing something down a five stair or whatever. And you'd see the way they were doing it. And if you liked that particular skater, you were going to, again, like you said, you're going to emulate that. So if you see a lot of these people doing this shit in the mags and in the videos and you're trying to emulate it, eventually you're one of several who love the same skaters. There's no mystery why K-grinds and tail slides and 5-0s and heel flips are my favorite tricks to do is because my favorite skaters did those tricks a lot and I wanted to copy them. Exactly. And I mean, that's why... Your crooked grinds sometimes look like that of one Josh Kalis. I'm blushing. <laughs> he is. I can promise you, the listeners, that. You just see this going on enough, and that's why people start to emulate it. And the ending part, though, I mean, what it really comes down to is, when do you stop liking those skaters? Mm-hmm. And also, have those skaters evolved? You know, you talk to a lot of people who grew up in the 80s skating, and a lot of them cite John Lucero as one of their favorite skaters. You know, they love Black Label, and they consider themselves loyal to the core. But John Lucero is a dude who totally just kind of kept adapting, like, his quirky style to obstacles he could handle with age. So... You do see all these skaters in their 40s doing shit like that. They're still mimicking what he is doing. Mm-hmm. There's also a difference. There's a difference of seeing some skaters do a body varial or a trendy trick at the time. And then there's like seeing someone who's like, that's not really like your thing. Like you're doing it because it's trendy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Seeing the Gons do a quirky trick, you're like, duh. You know what I mean? That's the Gons. But, you know, you see someone else who isn't, doesn't necessarily play into that lane or whatever. And you're like, you're fucking doing that because that's what's in right now. Yeah. But that's why I say I like when things are used sparingly and they come out like way beyond when the trend was in fashion. So like the example I always think of is Carol does that pressure flip and fully flared over the picnic table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. Perfect. Dude. No, yeah. you're totally right. That is like, and for him to do exactly it, like the king of that era, like that's, I totally agree. That's great. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh, you can still do that. You know, any, anytime someone busts out some crazy maneuver, same with like when you used to see Rodney Mullen be developing like the Casper in ways you didn't think were even possible. You know, mm-hmm. he's always also been that guy. That that freestyle skating never really, I wouldn't say, was trendy because it was too fucking hard. He was the only one who could skate like yeah, that. Yeah, but you, it's made somewhat of a comeback. Some Not, of those things, yeah, like Dark Slide and Casper Slides and stuff like that, yeah. Totally. And, I mean, there's that one guy, I can't remember his fucking name, but that you've seen that video all over the internet of that guy who, like, skates the abandoned water park and does all these, like, crazy freestyle maneuvers. And then he had another mm-hmm. edit where he was in fucking India or some yeah. shit. And I can't remember this dude's name. And But all those things are fucking... Incredible. And it's just freestyle. He's just freestyling. He's a fucking dork. And because I remember seeing those videos and thinking, why is no one backing this dude? 
but that's why. <laughs> His freestyle has never recovered. Well, I mean, Rodney Mullen was the ultimate trendsetter, I guess, too, because he took those tricks that, you know, were freestyle tricks and adapted them all to the street. I mean, granted, that's why they call him the godfather of street skating. I mean, you had Nottis and the Gons breaking down a lot of barriers just by showing you what was possible to skate. Mm -hmm. But then you also had Rodney Mullen taking his bag of fucking weird-ass tricks and applying them to the street. When street skating was emerging, everyone was copying him, basically, right? They were copying his tricks, like because he had that ad. It was all the tricks that like that were impossible to do, and then people just kind of set out to learn some of those tricks. It's funny because when you are just following these blueprints of how to, you know, enhance your abilities as a skater. I mean, that's why I say I'm okay with dork tricks because you can go back and make skating your own. Skateboarding is like the ultimately anti-establishment fucking physical activity. In every way, shape, or form. So, you know, you're taken from this one book that's already been written, and you're just sort of applying it to your own lane and seeing how you can make it work to your advantage. Now, it is this anti-establishment thing, but now it's become like a trendy industry, and we've seen that throughout our whole lives. It's amazing how even like the trend of skateboarding itself is this ever-shifting thing within the scope of the world at large. That, this, right, that might be the most important, I guess, topic around trends is skateboarding itself being a trend. And we're seeing it huge right now. We've seen it a handful of times throughout skateboarding's life, but... It's worth taking a deep look into because I don't want to say it's hypocritical because skaters and skateboarding has made skateboarding popular, if Mm. that makes any sense. Makes perfect sense. So who are we really mad at when skateboarding is goes back into one of those really popular phases? Are all the trends skateboarding being a trend? Is it our own fault because okay, we've made skateboarding so appealing? Like, what what are the feelings behind that? I guess because that's a big it's a big thing within skateboarding itself of just big huge corporations coming in to capitalize on skateboarding because it's in a hot zone. You know what I mean? And outside of all the little specific trends within skateboarding i feel like we kind of get lost in the big the big picture of it i mean it's more inclusive now than it ever has been on that wide scale level i mean i think back to when we were kids and this was an accusation thrown at my way several times and so many different people's way but it's like Bro, you don't even skate. You don't even skate, man. You're a poser. You don't even skate. That shit, to a certain extent, almost feels non-existent nowadays because guess what? Everybody fucking skates. (laughs) Obviously, if you see the fucking kooky dude on his penny board and sandals pushing Mongo, yeah, you probably know that that guy doesn't skate, but... 
the array of what a skateboarder is in 2018 is ridiculous. It's pretty obvious to spot victims of a trend. I teach skateboarding to children, and there's an, that exact demographic that comes in with a penny board, and they're doing it because they saw someone on TV doing it. The TV show that they watch is centered around skateboarding, some mm-hmm. fucking Disney show or whatever it is. You know what I mean? The internet, social media. It's There's definite victims of the trend of skateboarding being popular. But again, this comes back to how we got into it as kids. Like we're talking about back to the future earlier. Totally. And it was the same thing. It's just a different, you know, it's, it's a cycle. It just keeps coming and going. But you have to think about too, there were also probably a big chunk of people who picked up skateboards because of back to the future, but never kept it going the way Mm -hmm. other people have. So I guess what I'm trying to say, what we're trying to say here is it's a little bit of a, a double-edged sword or it's a, it's a little hypocritical almost that a lot of our generation who take skateboarding really seriously and we're in our thirties now and you know, like we're still in it and still love it. And I wouldn't say I, you know, was ever a poser or a victim of any like shitty large trend, but you could say our love from skateboarding came from a back to the future or, you know what I mean? Some ridiculous trend. Absolutely. So like, where do we draw that line of like, uh, like fuck, fuck skateboarding being trendy, like uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, there's always going to be trends that come and go and shit you like and shit you don't like. And I mean, again, I'll always bring skating back to music as a comparison more than anything else. But I feel like it's the same with music. Like, there's always going to be shit you don't like or you don't understand. But at the same time, there's probably a handful of artists that are still putting shit out that you vibe with. Skateboarding now is so big and there's so many different things and styles and facets and whatever you can be into whatever you want and there's probably something you can identify with in some greater way shape or form and some might argue that skateboarding being that big of a trend is a good thing for that reason yeah i think it's awesome because that's the thing like yeah i like my fucking dork tricks and my fancy lad videos and weird casper flip benny hana variations but you don't And that's fucking cool because you can go watch fucking Rob Welsh skate the pier and sit there with a big grin on your face, much like the one you're sporting right now. Like there's, And I will. And I will. But that's the thing. There's something out there for fucking everyone to enjoy within skating. And you don't have to agree with all of it. You just don't. You're going to meet people and do shit your whole life that you don't necessarily agree with. But... Hey, man, as long as you enjoy it, that's all that really fucking matters. It's great food for thought for everyone out there. I, I think that you got to have a little bit. You got to be able to tease skateboarding a little bit to be a big fan, I think. And oh, I think I just constantly is actually a big part of us wanting to do this show is to poke fun and tease at just the fucking hypocrisy and the that absurdity. We all, yeah, that we all practice and preach and kind of fit into some kind of category in and 
these, you know, like identifying these trends and breaking them down and kind of just addressing the elephant in the room, if you will. We purposely went out of our way to not touch upon how skating is affecting mainstream media and lifestyles. That's like a whole episode of its own. But at the end of the day, skateboarding at this point is a fucking business. It's an industry. There's tons and tons of money being poured into this thing now, like to a point where you can't even really stop it. <clears throat> it's not like it's a few small companies and they could fold at any minute. The machine is just too big at this point. There's no turning back now. And skateboarding is what we make it, is what skaters make it. That's why, you know, certain trends, you know, skaters are able to tap into that because they understand something that maybe like big time executives necessarily don't. Mm-hmm. Whatever that may be. I mean, look at someone like the fucking Muska. Right before that dude was big, he was living on the fucking street. And he just embraced this thing that he knew and thought would identify with people based on what was popular and what he liked. And look at how he turned out, man. Boy, did he set a trend there. I think that... To bring it back more into just the skateboarding community, there's this kind of cool thing within the skateboarding world of uh, from the inside looking out, we don't like to see skateboarding as a whole very trendy, I think. That's the natural feeling and emotion for, you know, a lifetime skater. Um, but on the other side, all of us that are in it, and you go to a skate spot and you see eight out of 10 dudes wearing cuffed dickies with a fisherman beanie and, you know, converse and everyone looks the same. I think that we've kind of ignored it and given each other a pass and it's not really taboo that we all kind of copy each other and in one way or another kind of look the same or skate the same or are using the same trends at the time. I don't think other skaters necessarily look at other skaters and are like, oh, fuck that. I think that because we have such a close community that we all kind of actually thrive off of it totally and i mean if you don't believe that just go to a skate park somewhere and you'll see all the different like yeah the crews of p yeah the different genre of person like of current skateboarding like oh there's the dudes in the fucking gx hoodies and then there's the dudes in those like palace windbreakers and then the couple of kids wearing floral shirts with supreme fanny packs and you just see all these different like cookie cut out people who clearly follow one style of skating more than the other. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's fine. You're allowed to express yourself through what skating and sector of that culture that you find pleasing because you're one of us. Exactly. You know what I mean? Again, it doesn't matter as long as you can step up on the board and fucking do something about it. That's, the biggest fucking issue at the end of it all. And it's never going to really change. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just always going to be trends going on that you either agree with or disagree with. And that's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. How do you want to wrap this up? 
I think we could have just used that right there. <laughs> okay.